y'all. Welcome to Yam Talk. This is your host, Angie Yams and Jasmine. If this is your hey, first, y'all. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If not, welcome back. So, y'all, we're back. <laughs> we is here. How are you doing, Jasmine? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Yams? Oh, Yams. I'm happy to be here, you know. Living my best life, doing my out here. Yes, like summer is just is getting closer, and I'm just <laughs> so excited for this summer to just because outside is starting to open up, and I'm just yeah. ready to be out and about and just have fun. Remember, we talked about the boats. We we boat. Yes, boat. we going on a boat sometime. We're boating it up, and we're learning how to swim. Yeah, I am ready for it. I am so ready. Yes, that's sticking with me. I'm going to always be like, girl, we swimming, we boating. Listen, it's happening this summer. Yeah. I'm going to need to find a swimsuit, but it's happening. Yes. Something I cute. have any, but I'm going to find one. Yeah, you got to get one. So, you know, we like to start off every episode with the fact about yams. So did you know that yams are one of the highest vegetable source of carbohydrates and energy? Did you know that? I did not know that. That is interesting to know. Maybe yeah. I should add, I need to like add them to my diet. They're full of carbs, mm. but they're probably good carbs because there are good carbs. All food is good. Yeah, all food is good. I'm with all that. food is good. Mm-hmm. So I take that back. Everything I said, we're going to rescind it. It's off the record. <laughs> you eat them yams yeah they're good <laughs> out to your diet we out here we are out here yes the more you know mm-hmm. the more you know so that's it yams they're healthy the source of energy so like it's good you know what I'm thinking now of why they're so good like I think about athletes Mm-hmm. A lot of athletes, you'll see them eating a, a yam or a sweet potato. Like really, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and they need the they need the carbs to like be able to like to do like their sport and to perform. Yes. Okay, that's cool. So we gotta we starting to play sports now. Mm. We're exercising. I'm down with it. I'm so down with it. We're exercising. It's a hot girl summer. Thank Even you. though we're hot girls. Even though like we're both hot girls the way we are right now, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be a little bit of a healthier hot girl. Okay, know? healthier hot girl. I'm down with that. Healthier. I'm down with that. I like to be a healthy hot girl, and then I see pizza and it's my favorite food, and then next thing I know, I don't see it because it's in my stomach. It'd be like that. <laughs> that literally is my problem. I see it and then I don't, and I blink and I'm like, what happened? And then I eat it. <laughs> That's really funny, but um, I gotta chill, you know. Just, just I think it's it's all about making healthy food choices and being full of, of what your body's telling you. I never listen to my body. That's a problem. Yeah, I'm yeah like, who are you telling? <laughs> I know it's a big problem, but we're ch- like today's been the day, or this week has been the week, like of me making better decisions. Hmm. So, you know, my birthday was the beginning. Yes. And, like, I feel like, so for me, the new year starts after my birthday. Like, <laughs> I love that. It's been my new year. And, like, I'm making so many good decisions in this new year. Like, yes. since this new year started after my birthday, I've just been making, not well, maybe not. Ah, I take it back. I've made some kind of not the best decisions, but like good things have been happening despite me. Yes. Do you make like New Year's resolutions since your New Year starts on your birthday? Yeah. What are you, what is one of your resolutions this year? One of my resolutions is to stick to my budget. Yes. I make a budget and what I realize is I never stick to it. So like I have a miscellaneous funds. Me and my sister were talking about this. I have my miscellaneous is all my random stuff, like randomly going out with friends. That's miscellaneous. Mm-hmm. Or um, going, randomly going to like brunch, like an unplanned yeah. brunch or 
going for drinks. Those are all miscellaneous. Or if I see something, I think about something I want on Amazon, but I don't need it. That's miscellaneous. So all those little things, miscellaneous. And what I've, my miscellaneous is, has gotten out of control. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like negative 3000 in my miscellaneous because I just, (laughs) yeah, I know. That's that's a lot of money. Yeah. I just keep my miscellaneous. I just keep buying like, I just like to, I don't like, I don't like to deny myself pleasure. And most of the times the things that I find pleasurable, some of them cost, sometimes it costs me money. And I'm just like, well, I'm going to buy it. (laughs) I have the money. I'll buy it. I'm not negative. Like my bank account is a negative 3000, but I'm saying like, yeah, but it's cutting into funds that you could put other wear and like sold and like what you need saving. Yes. That's all. Maybe maybe calling it miscellaneous is too broad for you. Maybe you need to set that side. You'll put like hanging out with friends and shopping and, and cut it down into smaller categories. And maybe that will help you. That or what I what I've decided is like I have like a separate, I have like a couple of checking accounts that yeah. have their own debit card. So what I'm deciding to do is I'm gonna put my money into the other debit card, and once it's up, it's, it's gone. Hard. Like there's no other money I can pull from because all that other money is in the budget to do other things. So just sticking to just your, we have so much in miscellaneous. You know, you only got fifty dollars left in your miscellaneous. Relax, yeah. you know. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that might be that might be part of it. That has to be part. It, that's it. That's a solution because if I don't have anything else to pull from, then I'm chilling, you know. And yeah. I'm gonna put all my miscellaneous stuff at the beginning or every. I get paid every two weeks, so I'm gonna get half in the beginning of the month, other half second part, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I recently opened like a new savings account and I set it so that like a hundred dollars on one of my checks goes in every, every time I get paid. So that's like my new thing. So then it's, it's, then I, I forget like that money's there because it never goes into my main account. Yeah. One that like I can't use. That's what I'm that main account be getting me. I gotta Mm -hmm. get away from her. Especially when you be looking, you'd be like, oh, I got more money than I thought I would. It, that's how you get hit and that's how my miscellaneous gets out of control mm, okay okay yeah yeah you gotta you gotta cut that out <laughs> I, I am my new year it's a new year it's okay new year new you yeah I don't have any regret of what I've done because I can say I I'm happy I'm always been happy and no one's ever gotten hurt it's yeah. just like girl now it's time to start being a little bit more financially responsible so I can really level up the way I want to, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. It's hard. We're just trying to be responsible hot girls. Yeah. Responsible, long money. I don't want to have average money. I want it to be long. And that takes me stop playing so much. And I wish I could make money while I sleep. Cause I know some people like are able to, and they have different like sources of income and nobody slide into the DMS and talk to me about Bitcom. Don't talk to me about Bitcom. I'm not doing that shit, but I wish I could like, because I just think like spending money and like making money just takes up so much of my time. And if I could just sit and watch TV and make money then I would make a lot more money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's ways to do it. People are doing it. I got to figure out a way that works for me. I have yet to figure it out, though, but I got to figure out a way. It's out there. It's out there. And I'm I'm working on finding mine, too, girl, because Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be, like, 65 Mm -hmm. and I got to work, you know? Like, that's not the life I want. Like, I hate when I see older, older people. Like, you know, you stop at, like, Target or Walmart, and you see someone who's like eighty plus bringing your stuff up, and you're just like, "Why aren't you home?" Like, mm. and like they like you. Some of them, I think they do it just because they want to like um, talk. They want to get out the house. Yeah, and they be doing it because like a want versus like I have to do this to survive. But you can tell the ones who's doing it to survive, and it's just mm-hmm. like I hate this for you. Like, why? Why yeah. am I going to be this way? I don't like to see you like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to be responsible hot girls and figure out how to, how to do better. That's what it just comes down to. We're trying to do better. Trying to do better. That's it. That's all we can do. Just do better. (laughs) Be better people moving forward. You know, learn from everything we've done and just make better choices. Yeah. Speaking of choices. Speaking of choices. Have you ever, this is just, what a segue. Have you ever, or what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not going to ask, have you ever? Because everybody didn't know your business. But how do you feel? I mean, I've been telling everyone my business here. So <laughs> I just be, I don't want to say I'm telling everybody my business. But I guess. How do you feel? I'm not telling everybody my business. It's just some thoughts that are in my head. But I'm not, I, you know what? Moving forward, I'm not going to allude to if this is about this could be about me this could be uh fictional you know this could be someone uh, like I've taken elements of someone I may have worked with you know like you just don't know but I'm gonna make it sound like it's about me (laughs) and you'll never know Okay. Y'all, y'all gotta know it's about me unless I tell you otherwise. <laughs> I'm gonna put my business out there unless I say otherwise I'm talking about me. <laughs> I'm not. And I'm not saying the past has all been about me, but more than more than not, it was it was super close to home for some reason. So I ain't doing that no more. Everything else is gonna be very just like, is this close to home from her, to her? We don't know. Is it not? I don't know, but it sounds good. <laughs> so is as we talk about our topic for today skin <laughs> hunger is is skin hunger close to home and and as we talk about it we're gonna try to figure it out i i have felt skin hunger oh so i think feel like for people who don't know skin hunger is just kind of like this want or this need to be touched and it's not always like this sexual want like yeah. you want a hug you might want to hold someone's hand like just a little bit of like skin hunger and it and it's a real thing right definitely it's just a need to be touched in some way and it does not have to be sexual at all mm-hmm. um and I have felt skin hunger. So I'd say about maybe like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, it was during the pandemic. Uh-huh. I lived, and like, I didn't have anyone and I didn't have a partner. I didn't have any partners at that time. And I remember sitting on my couch in my house and being like, oh my God, like, I just want someone to hug me. And it was like, wow. when the pandemic was really bad, pre-vaccinations, I was like super, I was super isolated for like a really long time. Yeah. Um, just, just for safety. And, you know, that was my comfort for the pandemic. And I remember thinking to myself, like sitting on my couch and I was like, oh my God, I just want someone to touch me. Wow. Like yeah. a hug, touch my hair. Like it's not even anything sexual. I just want to be touched. Just be around. You know? Yeah. That's all it is. And, and skin hunger is, it's real. It's re- I think a lot of people experienced it during the pandemic and I think too like it sucked during the pandemic but some folks are still super scared to be out and about with people Mm -hmm. so now they could probably don't have to have that skin hunger but just being worried about being around people because you got used to being by yourself is just like it's tough that's a hard I think it's gotten really bad for folks since the pandemic and it's nothing nice you know yep Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like when you literally all you're craving is just like just brush your hand against my hand. Yeah. And, and it's and I don't think I don't think the average person has like gone extended period of time that they like experience skin hunger like repeatedly, maybe once or twice. And this is like the first time in my whole life I can recall ever experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And makes me think I probably never experienced it before. If I did, it wasn't that significant. But I distinctly remember this recent time. And I was like, oh my God, like I just want someone to like touch me. Mm-hmm. Like in any way, just like slap like slap me across the face. Like you just want to be oh, touched. Going through, my friend. Like <laughs> I was it was bad. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember when it was happening. It was so bad. Um, like I would, I would have taken any touch, almost any touch at that point, like slap me across the face. I mean, that's cool too. Like I'm all about that life anyway, but (laughs) so like, I definitely would have enjoyed that, but like still, um, like it was, it was just bad. I just distinctly remember. I was like, wow, this is really hard. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I, during the pandemic, I was, it was just my sister, myself, and my dog in the house. It was just like, it was cool, you know, we was chilling, but I'm thankful I had her and the dog there, you yeah. know, just for me, it's just having people around more than the, the skin hunger part or, but skin hunger is real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank God I've never been in a place where it's just been me and not any people. Like, I'm always going to have someone I could brush up against or, like, and hug. Like, I get that every week. So it's, like, I'm thankful about that. So in the pandemic, I was still getting that, you know, but I couldn't imagine going. Because the pandemic sucked. Yeah. Yes, preach. It sucked really bad because you really could not be around people. Yeah. And you really, it just was, like, no. Mm-hmm. And my life was around people. Like my job at the time yeah. involved me being out and about in the public. Like and like school, everything was people around. Everything was very communal. And then for it just to stop abruptly, it was like, like, what is this? What are we doing? How? Why? Like how? Like literally, yeah. I distinctly remember during the pandemic, not to like make this all about the pandemic, but I think like my best friend. I didn't see her for eight weeks, like in person. Like we did FaceTime, we talked on the phone pretty frequently and she and I worked at the same job. Um, so like, and even then, because we didn't see, like I stopped by her house one time and she was like in her, she was like in her um, her house and she was like, wouldn't open the door. Again, she wanted to be safe and she was caring for her family, but it was like so hard. I was like, oh my God, like my best friend who I see two to three times a week, we don't even work together and I still see her two to three times a week now. Oh, and I went almost eight weeks without seeing her in person. And it was so like, I remember the first time we saw each other, I was like, this is so great. Like it was perfect. And, and yeah, we tried to stay connected. I remember my friends and I would do like videos. We'd watch movies together. We played oh, games. Yeah. Did y'all do that? How's yes, that? we did. We did things like that, but it, it wasn't, I, and I remember like going, seeing my friends in person and I was like, oh my God, I missed y'all so much. I, even during the summer, like late COVID first, first summer of COVID, like 20, so it was 2020. 2020. Um, I threw like an outside outing with my friends. It was only four of my friends. Um, it was me and four of my friends and I threw an outside outing and like we sat like on different parts of my backyard um, just were there. Yes, it was bad. Uh-huh. And, and remember when it was like, like, like late summer going into like the fall and all those holidays, like it was encouraged for people not to get together, but we were like, doggone it. We're going to get together on the holidays and people was dying. Like they was killing out families just by getting together during the holidays. Yeah, it was hard. It was a it was a hard time. I don't think I don't think we're ever going to be able to quantify how hard it was. Awful. Like I don't think I don't think we're ever gonna be able to say definitively this is this is what caused and this is what the impact is, but it like it changed us. Like it did. not to get like all philosophical and be like we've changed, but like as human beings, we have changed. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. And what does that mean? Even now, like I even now I see clients and they talk, you know, either clients or even friends and people are like, I don't really know. Like, I'm still worried about COVID. And then there's always this like idea, like, should you still be worried? I don't think I can tell anyone, like, it doesn't matter. Friend, client, stranger. I don't think it's my right to tell them they should or should not be worried. Mm -hmm. But I know people always worry about that. They're like, should I be worried? What should I do? Should I feel bad that like I'm either am or not taking precautions and I don't think it's within my right to see either way. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's my right to say besides what I myself am doing and, and I know what I do, but like, yeah, I just think about that. And that's why I tell people, this is what I think I, this is what I'm trying to do, but I can't tell you what to do, but I still wear my mask outside. Yeah. At the mall, at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. If I, if I was to go to church, I'm wearing it there. Like, Mm-hmm. I wear it at work like I, I'm kind of lax in my office with my office mate because I trust her but like mask when I'm with clients mask on like mm-hmm. a lot of people do not know what my nose and mouth looks like <laughs> when you put it that way I mean yeah that's true though when you're the whole time yeah eyes, like and my eyes never look open no matter what my eyes always look closed like I went I, when I went away from my little vacay, we went and got pictures taken 
And the guy was like, open your eyes. And I'm like, my eyes are open. I see what you're, I see you. They're like, open up. They're open. So like, that's all All people know these low eyes. That's why I started getting lashes. So it can look a little, you know, a little something. Sorry for laughing, but I've never heard that before. What girl all the time. People always think my eyes is closed. They always think they I'm think high. you're high all the time. All the time. <laughs> Ever since undergrad, people are like, are you high? I'm like, no. I'm just happy to be here. My <laughs> eyes are a little bit smaller. Like, and when I open them up so people can see them, I look crazy. Like it looks forced. It doesn't look natural. So keep my let my eyes be low, you know? Oh my gosh. This is so that's like literally the funniest thing I've heard. Like literally the funniest. It's the worst. Oh my goodness. That's I've literally, oh my god, wiping tears from my eyes because I've <laughs> never heard that before. <laughs> that is my life. And like there will be so at my school, there was like a lawn where like all the liberal arts students would just be sitting out there mm-hmm. doing their liberal arts thing playing guitar yep. smoking weed dancing rolling around the grass and people were like and we saw you over there and i'm like i am i was a liberal arts um major mm-hmm. but i was not rolling in nobody's grass i was not smoking <laughs> i wasn't dancing y'all ain't no, none of y'all seen me over the people tell me and we saw you no y'all didn't <laughs> Ugh, but my eyes are all i to say is i'm not high, I'm not high. <laughs> my eyes like i'm not high leave me alone let me be good <laughs> <laughs> That never that I love that. Let me live. Like let me be happy. I'm just happy. Let us live. Let me live. I'm happy. I'm smiling. My little eyes are smiling. Let me have that. But no, we can't see your eyes. Open them. I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest though. That is sometimes a part of it though. What's that? You know, the fact that like people just want you just want to live and we're trying to live and people are like, just do what you want to do. And they're trying to do what they want to do. And like, no, we out here. Yeah, yeah. Tell you how to live. Like, mind your business. How about that? That's my thing. It's like, what I got going on don't have nothing to do with what you got going on. Yeah. I'm going to let you do your thing and I'm going to be happy that you're doing your thing. Let me be happy and let me do my thing and be happy about it. You know, yes. or, or don't just but don't don't have a, a comment. Like I didn't ask for no comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I mean, but it also, also, I'm bringing it back to our skin hunger kind of stuff. Oh, here we go. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's okay because I feel like this also relates to because I would imagine you know if you're feeling skin hunger. And you're trying to like kind of go out and see people and meet people. But if they're going to be talking, if I had low eyes, they were talking about me. I'd be like, damn, leave me alone. I don't want to see nobody. I'm not going to care. I don't want to see, I, but I see everyone. It's not even like I'm not trying to see somebody. I want, I want to, I, I do see. <laughs> someone gonna make, if someone's going to say something, I'd be like, I don't want to, I don't want to be around you. That'd be my personality. Yeah. I'm used to it though. At this point, I'm just like, it is what it is. Like it's, it's never been said to me in like, it was it wasn't like jest. It was fun, you know. It wasn't nothing to like make me. Nothing we gotta fight malicious. nobody over, huh? Nothing we gotta fight nobody over and throw hands. Yeah, it was not malicious. It was just like girl, and I'm like boy or girl <laughs> or them or people, yeah, yeah. person thing. So yeah, <laughs> it was never like all I'd say. It was never bad, but it's just a mess. It's kind of funny and annoying. Yeah. No, I can imagine. Like, I'd be, I'd be like, oh man, what's there? Like, I'd be like, if people bring it up, like, if I had people bring it up multiple times, I'd be like, that's annoying. I think about trying to think if there's anything people bring up multiple times, but I can't think of anything. Sorry. It's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> I, gonna, I can relate, but I don't have anything I can think of. As soon as we start recording, you'd be like, and you know what? I'm like, girl, <laughs> we done. <laughs> I that- will say, I will say in high school, I used to get told that my elbows look like nipples, and I know it impacted me because it's been like 10 plus years later, and I still think about that. 
<laughs> kids are so weird. Like, I, know, right? I still, I know that maybe, maybe that was a trauma. Maybe that was a trauma for me. Cause I think about that occasionally. I'd say like at least once a month. I think about Who the fact said that. that to you. Why? <laughs> this guy, I follow him on Instagram. We follow each other and we've talked casually since high school, but I'm not going to say his name and I don't know if he listens, but like, just know, I remember you said, I remember where we were when you said my elbows look like nipples. Was it like a jokey joke? Like, he was cracking up when he said it. I don't know. He was funny, but I don't know if it was like making fun of me or like just wanted to say, I don't remember that context, but I remember we were on track and we were on the track and field team. I used to do shot put okay. um, and disc. And he also did shot put. I think he did javelin too. I can't remember. Um, but like we were practicing one day and he was like, yeah, your elbows look like nipples. And I still to this day remember this. I think that was a trauma for me. Yeah, you're not going to call my elbows nipples. And like, I'm right? Like, and sometimes when I put lotion on my elbows, I think about it. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Like, as I'm talking about this, I'm like, yeah, this was a trauma. Because yeah. I think about it sometimes. That's a mess. I don't think my elbows look like nipples, though. That's, you know they don't. You know your elbows do not look like nobody's lip nipples. Good I think so. Like, I, and when I was in high school, after he said that, I would compare them to my nipples. And, like, be like, do my elbows this boy did. I don't like that. Not he me a, this boy gave me a, a, he gave me a complex. This man gave me a complex. Yeah. What a sight. Could you imagine, like, you in your room and, like, <laughs> walking and you like... Just try to look at my nipples and my elbow at the same time and be like, do they look the same? Dude, I can't. Kids are something else. And they just say whatever. Like, they just, like, whatever comes to their mind, they're like, I'm going to say it. Like, you, you, he could have kept that to himself. Right. That to we him. were good friends in high school, too. Like, so I think now I'm looking, thinking back on it, I think it was, like, a joke. But because we were really good friends. We had one falling out in high school. But then besides that, we were really good friends. Mm-hmm. And he felt really bad about the falling out because he apologized for like weeks. Oh, weeks. We had like a really big falling out. It's funny how like high school big time falling out, and then compared to like growing up falling out, like when you don't fall with a friend now, it's just like golly. But it's, I mean, I'm just saying like to compare the issues. Yeah, yeah. But I still act the same. Like, I am, I'm working on it, but I'm not very good at like, I, I, not even that I'm not very good. I don't think for me personally, every falling out needs like a resolution of like, let's talk about what happened. Let's uh-uh. say, I don't think so. Like, I'll be mad at you. And if I'm mad, maybe I won't talk to you for a month, but then like when I'm done being mad, I'll be like, Hey, you want to go out for lunch? And we'll never talk about what made us mad. And mm-hmm. that is all I need. But I've realized as I've grown and became an adult, so I have a good friend that we have like little tiffs occasionally okay. and she she has said to me like it feels like this back and forth with you because you don't give me that resolution there like you get mad at me and you say you're mad and then like two weeks later you're like hey let's hang out okay and she oh, was like wow. you're missing a step in this like to repair this friendship and and because of that I've been more mindful of that Oh, wow. They, some people need that. But for me, I don't. Like, when I'm done, and vice versa, when someone's mad at me, I expect them to be mad for however long. And when they're done being mad at me, I expect us to go right back to what we were doing. Mm, without talking about it. For me, it, like, I'm like, it is what it is. Like, it's done. Um, but but I realize sometimes people want that, like, resolution there. Well, my, I feel like at this, at my big age, like, if I'm mad with somebody, I'm like, you gonna know that I'm mad. I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. Then once after I tell you and you make a comment about it, we patch it up or whatever. I'm cool. I, I see what you're saying. Like I with that's how I handle conflict in my relationships now with, with, with friends and stuff. So I'm like, we patched it up right then and there. I don't got time to like carry something on for for days and weeks. Like mm-hmm. let's patch it up right now. We said we got to say, or we decided not to say anything. Yep. I see you the next, I'm going to need some time away from you because let me process this thing. Yeah. I like the way you think. All I have to say is, I see what you're saying. Like a couple weeks later, we, we cool. And if we're not cool, we're not talking no more. And that's okay. Yeah. That's how I feel. If we're not cool, like I never talk to you again. Like that's that's the end of it. 
But if if I feel like we're cool, then I'm like, all right, let's let's what's going on with your life? Have a great day. Like what's yeah. And and even like so that I've had like tiffs with a friend, um, Mm -hmm. where like I had again, this friend had told told me, um, we had like a little tiff, and then something significant happened in her life. I cannot remember what it was at this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I still was like reached out, even though I was mad, I was like, I hope everything's okay. You know, please know I'm thinking about you throughout this like really rough time, Yeah. but I was still mad at her. And, and so I reached out and we didn't talk and, and she just ended up not reaching back out to that and saying like, Hey, I want to connect, but I was still mad. But then when I was done being mad, we just went right back to it. And and she was very clear. She's like, I felt like that was hot and cold. She's like, because I didn't know, like, are we friends when you reached out when this hard thing happened? I was like, yeah, I was still your friend, but I was mad at you. And that's okay. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think, I, bad, but I'm still your friend. I think honestly, the me I, I blame everything on the media, which you'll you'll mm-hmm. start to see. But the media paints this thing about like friendship. Yeah, and they're supposed to be perfect, and you're not supposed yeah. to be mad at your friend, and it's always supposed to be cupcakes and unicorns, and that's not no relationship is that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people think that's the way it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. So. It's, to, it's wild to me how much it teaches people stuff. Like, I remember when I started doing therapy and I was just like, and like when I went to my therapy office, like to start doing therapy and I was like, there's no big chair in here. And I'm like, you know, just because I saw on like movies and TV yep. shows that there's a big chair in the office. And I'm just like, I'm still doing therapy and there's no big chair. It's like, but the media had me thinking, like, where is it at? It's supposed to be here. And it's like, everything you see on TV isn't real. Yes. And that's about relationships, too. Like, don't let it teach you how you're supposed to have a relationship. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, it is not all real. It is not there. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't have to be unless you want it to be. Like, you, I mean, that's the beauty of being human is we can literally make up our mind and decide something. Literally everything that has existed in the world someone thought of and then other people are like that's a good fucking idea everything (laughs) (laughs) literally so like you can literally decide this is how i want something and if people agree with you whether it is a bad idea or not or ethical moral etc that is the thing if you get enough people to agree with you that part you know doesn't whether it's moral or ethical is is not the question it's just that it could be a thing if enough people agree with you if enough if you got enough people on your side then then it's a thing it's a thing we can even go back to like we can even make that political like Mm -hmm. literally someone woke up and was like i'm gonna be the king and everyone was like yeah you're the king and now we have monarchies yeah i know that's very simplistic version of it but like it had to start somewhere. It had to start somewhere. And people were like, you know what? We're okay with you leading us. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, literally everything. So, you know, just you just need a little, just need a little idea and just put it out and you can, but that's again the beauty of being human. We decide what we want to put in the air and in the environment and we put it out there. And that is that is how it's gonna be. Yeah. So I'm putting into the air someone's going to give me a thousand dollars this week. So I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to need a bunch of people to agree with me. So someone can give me a thousand dollars. Okay. So you're manifesting it. <laughs> basically, basically I'm like manifesting this because I would like to come into some money. Girl, me too. I'm manifesting it too. Someone <laughs> touching their heart. So they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm a cash app, that girl. I'm a Venmo. <laughs> someone slide into the DMs and ask for the cash app. Man. Someone, please. It's Angie Yams. Like, it's- <laughs> you don't even have to slide in. Yams told you what it is. That's what it is. I mean, I will be very happy about that. <laughs> you don't even have to listen. Yams already told y'all. Send it to her. Yeah. Send it. I so like, you know what? Like, that happens to some people. Like, they'll just be someone. This has never happened to me. I would love for it too. But someone just starts thinking about you, and I'm like, Lunch on me, and I just like send some. That's never happened to me. <laughs> Wait, am I hanging around the wrong people? Guess... That's never happened. Well, okay, that's not true. My best friend has done that. Yeah, my best friend has, and my my two my best friend who's a girl and a really close friend who's a guy have done that for me. That's sweet. Yeah, 
but outside of that and maybe my parents I don't yeah but that's what I mean like outside of my good 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 friends Mm -hmm. and like my family just like oh yeah oh her she's cool enough here's some like do people think that exists they're out there somewhere because I hear stories about it. Yeah. Like, so where are y'all at? Where are y'all at? Well, I'm, well, I haven't done that to anybody either. So, I Well, actually, you know, I did treat someone to to lunch. I treated a co-worker to lunch. Yeah, but it's a co-worker. Well, I consider them a friend, but I met them through work. I, do, I have for partners, for former partners, I definitely have. And I've been like, hey, like, I bought this for you, or I got this for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. But that, I think that's it. So, you know, I think that's that. But speaking of partners, you know, my question for you is, and I guess I don't know, question versus a topic or thoughts or feelings oh, okay. of having sex with someone you're ashamed of my thoughts on that yeah that's a wild thing <laughs> that's my just hearing that so that's wild like mm-hmm. but is it wild like is it is it like like a theme that you hear all the time is like someone having like an ugly baby mom mm-hmm. like their baby mom is hit and they don't want nobody to see their baby mom but the baby mama wasn't hit when you were hitting it you can yes she was you can be funny looking and still it, like, it wasn't so funny looking that they stopped and said i'm not gonna have sex with you they still was having sex with the person true, that's true it happens it does but i mean it's, it don't, it it's not perfect, yeah. but it doesn't sound like something that i would it will it would be hard for me to to no mm. i it would be hard for me to even get to a point where I want to engage with them mm-hmm. if I'm ashamed of because if I'm ash- like I don't I don't see myself getting ashamed of someone but I'm not gonna like I don't know I wouldn't like you I wouldn't yeah wanna- I also what comes up to me is I wonder what is there to be ashamed about and is it the person yeah. or is it what the person means so someone who is exploring their sexuality and realize that they're not heterosexual and they have sex with someone of the same gender or same sex, maybe they're not ashamed of the person, but they're ashamed of the fact that they are attracted and sexually attracted to the same sex or same gender. Yeah. But they're not ashamed of the person. That could, that could be a, a part of it. That's a you know, thing. that's a thing. And that might be why they're not telling anyone, you know, yeah. and they're like, I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm dating or having sex and, and with this person. But who's, the who's to say they're ashamed they just well i guess they're just not comfortable sharing it it could be not i think it could be both it could be or it could be both or it could be and or or, and or yes it could be ashamed and uncomfortable or ashamed or uncomfortable yeah it could be both and so what that looks like and i would not be surprised if that has happened to most people for some reason they're uncomfortable or ashamed i think of then I think of like people who like are really religious yeah. and their faith says don't have premarital sex and then they do and then they're ashamed or they're uncomfortable or they're upset that that happened. Yes. That makes sense because you, your whole faith says don't do this. You're doing like, and, and in some faiths and some cultures, that's like really, really bad. Yeah. You know, so and that makes sense to be ashamed yeah. or uncomfortable about it. That's, that sucks. That I think that yeah, then then that's definitely I'm feeling some shame about it, but ugh, it's so hard. Yes. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> I, when I, I feel like when we first this thought about discussing it, it was really shallow. Like, uh, you're shaking the way they look. Uh, blah, 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 blah. But now I'm just like, let's explore the word of shame, you know, and like some of the circumstances that could cause for someone to feel ashamed yeah like that's deep (laughs) those those circumstances are influenced by as we always fucking say fuck society society like the media for sure that shit 
as I say, like, I think every episode, uh, I should get that tatted on me at this point. Um, I say that in session, I say that in everyday life episode, et cetera. But like society tells us and says, creates this double standard that like, you should be ashamed if your partner is whatever and filling in that blank. So I feel like as a person, as a person with the uterus and, and a vulva, society tells me that you should be ashamed to have multiple sex partners or to have particularly multiple sex partners at the same time. And that could cause someone with a vulva to feel uncomfortable to have multiple sex partners at the same time. And shame. Yeah. So shame, you know, Mm -hmm. because society says, don't do that. But if that's what you want, like fucking do that shit. Have fun. Be safe. Yeah. And, And do what you want. Yes. And like, but I can see why it might take someone a long time to get to that point because they're uncomfortable and they're ashamed and they don't know what they're doing. You know what else society pushes this narrative that people with vulvas and uteruses and such and all that stuff, they shouldn't experience pleasure. Like, like their, their bodies aren't for them to experience pleasure, mm-hmm. but for someone else or something else or something yeah. you know? And it's yeah. just like... I know you lying. You know, it's my body. It is my. How are you going to tell me what I'm doing with my body? I'm the one who has to live in it every single day. America is a crazy. The West is a wild place. You know, Mm. the way they really try to police bodies in the West is madness. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you trying to tell somebody what to do with their body? Yes, literally, exist in it. I'm the one who's in it. I, it belongs to me. Yes. Yes. Telling me how I'm, I need to govern something that's mine. Yes. <laughs> that I didn't create it. Like this is, I was born with this, you know? Yes. Like, like I can't exchange it. I can't no. take it off one day. Like it's, I'm, I'm stuck with it. All of it. I'm stuck with all of this. And you saying, yeah, it's all you. And I had nothing to do with this. Cause you didn't, you didn't create it. Mm-hmm. But you gotta do this, this, and that, and that, that, that. All right? Right. You wanna vote some laws? We don't even got what you got. We still gonna tell you what to do with it. That's a wild, that's a wild one. It is. It that that's a mind fuck. It's wild. It's wild. It I'm just out here trying to live my best fucking life. That's it. I'm just trying, to, trying to police what I do with my body. I just wanna be my my goal is just to be happy. Yes. Safe. That's that. And people saying, don't do this. Don't do that. Also, as someone in a fat body or a plus size body, you know, there's also there's police people police that too. Like, don't wear this. Don't wear that. Fuck that shit. I'm aware. Like what I found is like now like the new thing is everyone's like fat positive, Mm -hmm. body positive. But the thing is like, and so like people are like, yes, plus size bodies are beautiful bodies too. But you got to think about the, the media still shows only a certain kind. Mm. Well, they push only a certain kind of plus size body. Yeah. Like, if you do have, like, even if you look at plus size clothing on websites. Yes. It's like, well, it's now for a while, they're starting to show different kind of women little by little. But it's typically someone with a flatter stomach, wider hips. And maybe big breasts. And as someone who does not fit that, I'd be like, damn, these clothes do not look like they're gonna fit on me, right? No, or when my thing is this, this is what happens to me all the time. As I'll I see the person wearing it, I'm like, well, that look real cute. And mm-hmm. I put it on, and I'm just like, it don't look the same on me. Yes. That's why I don't buy clothes online. To be honest to God, that is why I need to go in and see what it looks like in me in person. Because yeah. I cannot, I cannot justify. It. I already know what it's I already know I already know my body shape is not and I'm not I mean I suppose if I went and measured every part of my body then you know I'd be more but I ain't doing that I'm just gonna go to the store and, and see it right on and see what see what's given yeah and then go from there like I you know like fuck fuck society fuck the media yes they're trash just don't let it guide you that's the thing but... so much fucking trash like suck fuck that shit yeah. And it and again, it tells people like to be ashamed or uncomfortable or not have sex and 
fuck it. I'm all about if it's consensual and legal and moral, fucking do that shit. Do it. Let's be honest. If it's consensual, legal, and moral, I'm probably going to try it. I'm just going to be transparent there. I'm, I'm down. Live your life. I ain't <laughs> Listen, listen, I didn't become a sex therapist for nothing. <laughs> I'm feeling the, the dag on, uh, what is it, the stereotype. <laughs> like, oh, you do sex therapy? Oh, you be in them dungeons and stuff? I'm like, <laughs> Oh, you a freak, huh? Like, relax yourself. Like, <laughs> That's so true. They'd be like, what you be doing? I'd be like, nothing. The same two positions. <laughs> talked about that before like right? yes yeah but but you know but I also you know that is part of why I became a sex therapist because I'm all about people doing legal consensual moral what feels good for them and I I don't want anyone to feel like there's a limit on what they can do again if it feels good if it's legal and it's consensual like yeah I'm saying hey you know if it feels good for you and it's right then go for it that part and my th- and what and my thing is it's like it's such a huge part of who a person is. Mm-hmm. So why not learn about different the way different people experience it and incorporate into therapy because how of how great therapy is. You can't. I am a firm believer that you can't talk about the whole person with if you're not addressing sexuality. Yeah, and sexuality is more than just how we have sex. It is it more. Is. Than that. Sexuality includes our gender expression. You know. Do we present in traditional feminine ways and traditional masculine ways, androgynous ways? You know, it's about our sexual identity. Do you identify as heterosexual? Are you not heterosexual? Are you asexual? Whatever and whatever else kind of sexuality you may or may not have or be exploring, you know, sexuality, it it does include biology. Like what does your body do biology reproductive wise wise, but also other parts? Because it's not just like, the penis and the vagina like there's more and there's hormones and what does that look like like and and I don't think we can be talking about the whole body unless we're talking about sexuality and there's much more that like I didn't even talk about and those are just the basics I think the ba- that's baby basics. That's the basics the little basics Ooh wee. yeah like so I'm a firm believer and I tell I supervise like other therapists and I help them and even in non-sex therapy, you know, settings, I always tell them you need to be addressing sexuality. It is you are doing your client a disservice if you don't know how to address it. And, and I you don't feel comfortable talking to your therapist about that. That's yeah. not, that should be something you should be like, and eh. like you should be able to get to that point where I can talk to this person about anything, and that's my, yeah. you know. If you can't find a different therapist. I tell people that I tell people at intakes when they do their first appointment with me, I say, if you are leaving this appointment and you are not a hundred percent sure that you feel comfortable with me, I say, there is nothing wrong. Just text me and tell me you're not coming to the next appointment. I will never ask a question. No, I will accept the fact that for whatever reason, I wasn't a good fit and that is okay. It's okay. And we will get you reassigned. Like I will, I will refer. You can even say, I don't think it's a good fit. Do you have any recommendations? I won't ask you any questions. Why? I'll give you a list of recommendations. And that happened to me. That happened to me once. Um, when I was working at another practice, it was like the part, like, even though I'm in my thirties, sometimes I, I look young mm-hmm. than that. So it was just, black on crack. It doesn't. <laughs> so this person thought I was way younger than what I was. Yep. And they just did not trust what I was saying. So they're like, oh, can I see another more experienced therapist? Yep. And I was like, that's fine. So I said, okay, that's good. Thank you for letting me know that. I'm gonna get that all set up. Yeah. So after I said that, it, our so we let's say we met every Tuesday at two. Mm-hmm. So next Tuesday at two o'clock came on. I, I done moved on. I'm looking to get another client to fit into that spot. That person's like, why aren't we having session? I was like, you told me that I wasn't a good fit and you wanted someone more mature. Yeah. So we referred you to someone else like that. They'll be reaching out to you. No, I wasn't trying to, 
I didn't mean that. I still want to. So what was the point of you saying that? Like, what, what, what were we doing here? You're not, we're not, this relationship is done. This therapeutic alliance is, is dead. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, and I think sometimes though, maybe it's the fact that like, they don't know how to express or they may be looking to find a reason and kind of testing boundaries and not even realizing it. Yeah. Which makes sense. You know, considering again, we don't exist in a vacuum. We all have this kind of trauma and, and this happens. And I think of, I recently had, I wouldn't say recently, it's been a couple of months at this point, almost a year over at this point, um, where I was working with, you know, clients and they were like, yeah, it's just not a good fit. And I feel like I'm getting worse. And I was like, thank you so much for telling me that that is not what I want to do to you. So please here are my recommendations for people. And people just sometimes it's just okay. Just say it's not a good fit. And (laughs) even myself, if I feel like I'm not a good job, I'll be like, yeah, this is not a good fit. Here are my recommendations for someone I think is going to be a better fit. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not going anywhere, I'm just like, this is, this isn't like, at some point I got to be like, this is not, Mm -hmm. I think I have a therapist who who work with you very well. Let me go ahead and refer you out to them. Yeah. I've done that with people and they will feel some type of way. And it's just like, you're the way I know you can grow. You're not getting that with me. Cause a lot of times like, I don't know. I feel like some people just aren't used to people being nice to them. Yeah. And a lot of times I could see where they weren't seeing me as a therapist anymore, but they were seeing me as like, Oh, a girlfriend that I talked to or someone that I want to date. Like I've had, I felt that with people like male clients that I had, like especially older ones. I'm just like, this is not going to work because you're saying suggestive things and you're trying to be playful and it's just very inappropriate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And deciding for yourself, like, you know, you're like, if this is not a good fit and if I don't feel like I'm going to do good work or if I can't do good work for whatever reason, you know, then, then I need to refer you to someone else and here are my recommendations of who you can see. And I think being a competent and good clinician is also knowing other people. Like you shouldn't practice in a vacuum either. Like knowing who are other people who specialize in the same area you do so you can refer. And don't just pick like, don't say, oh, I know this person just because you know friends. Like I have, I would say like 90% of my friends are therapists. Oh wow! Only, I would say 90% of my friends are therapists. I either met them and I normally met them either at a job or in therapy school. That's how I know majority of my friends. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we're in therapy school or we're working as therapists together. Yeah. Uh, but none of my friends, none of my friends do sex therapy. And only one of them out of my night, I would honestly say about 90% of my friends, only one of them actually, I think I would trust with sexuality related concerns and not like many, not all of them. Oh, and yeah. so being a competent therapist is not me saying, oh, my friend, John Doe, go see John Doe, even though I know John Doe has no, has, has no way of doing sex therapy or yeah. sexuality concerns. I'll say, go see Jane, who I know can work with this specific issue, but then Again, none of my friends do sex therapy. So if there's like a very specific sex issue, I'm not going to just refer them to my friends. I need to know other providers. Yeah. And that's about being a competent clinician. Absolutely. Now that you said that, some of my friends who I didn't meet through the pro- our, our program where we, where we met, like friends that I didn't meet through that. And if I had a sex related, sex, a client with a sex related concern, I'm running right to our program. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, like all my other, you know, colleagues and, and stuff that I met not in that space, they can't, I don't, I don't see it for them with the whole. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they, they don't it's, it with them. It's like. It's not their fault because I mean, it's impossible. I, what irks me, I had this conversation with my best friend who is a therapist maybe about a week ago is that therapists who say, I treat anxiety and depression because most therapists come out of school knowing effective techniques to treat anxiety and depression. That's pretty much the basics. That's what we learn. Yeah, that's basics. Yeah. You know, if you, if you came out of your master's and you were a therapist and you didn't know how, I would be concerned. Yeah. So a lot of however, that. and so people will say, and then, but then when people say, I treat anxiety, I treat depression, I treat like seven other diagnoses that are like not in the same category. So you treat anxiety, depression, trauma, which is pretty similar. Sometimes they interrelate. Yeah. But then you also tell me that you treat like OCD. 
you know, they're, they're kind of similar, but not so much. I'm like, okay. But then when you start throwing on like other things that are not related, it makes it yeah. so specialized. And that's when I start to worry, like, what, how do you know? It's impossible to treat everything. It's impossible to be, it's impossible to be competent as a clinician and treat everything that is impossible. And to have more than a basic knowledge. Like I have a basic knowledge of OCD. However, I don't treat OCD and I don't know the effective skills. So if I had a client who had OCD, I would say, listen, I need to refer you out because I'm not going to be the best fit therapist. But I do have a basic idea of what, what it is and what I'm looking for and basic ideas. But if you have, you know, you're saying I treat all these things, you go on psychology today and they list all the things they treat. That's what I was thinking of. You took the like that is concerning to me. I was thinking the same thing. Psychology today. The, when folks have those crazy big like because like I, I have an I have a profile but I just didn't activate it so mm-hmm. I'm not paying that money like no because yep. there's free ways I can list myself online yes. um like people just be hitting every single one that yes. they, they give you different and they click 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 and I'm just like ain't no way mm-hmm. <laughs> you know all this ain't no way you specialize in all of this and if, and if you do know all of that it just logically, you probably have a very basic foundation. Yeah. And how is that going to be doing good work for our clients? Like if you yeah. just have a basic, again, I have a very basic knowledge of OCD. I might, you know, if I'm working on some other concern, a sexuality concern, and then we, we, that client says, okay, this is good. I'm not worried about that anymore. But my OCD is really big. Then I'm probably going to say, okay, like you're going to need to see a new provider because I can't do the OCD work. I don't know how. Yeah. I have a basic idea and I, and I, don't want to do more harm than good. That has always been my model. Mm-hmm. And so I just, that's what I think. And that's how I feel. And when I, a therapist tells me they have all these specialties, I'm always like concerned and I'm like, Ooh, that's not a therapist I'm going to refer to. I know my niche and I try and stay in it. Yes. And it's everyone has a, I know, I know what, it, I know my core group that the people who I've done the best work with they all had similar issues. Yes. And that sometimes, and that's your niche. And that's, that's what ends up being good for you. And it changes maybe like early in your career, it's one thing, maybe it's another thing, maybe it's a combination. So like I started my career only wanting to do trauma. And that was like a big thing because I knew I wanted to, as a sex therapist, treat sexual trauma. So I did everything I could to learn about trauma, to treat trauma, to learn all these techniques. And now I'm out in the sexuality component. And that is my niche, sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. I could I could talk to clients about sexual trauma for hours at a time. Oh wow, yeah. And treat that and figure out how do we manage this and what are the skills and and I can do that. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me to you know OCD. I, I'm sorry, I I can't help you at all. Yeah, definitely. I know my little niche. I'm just trying to figure out what to call it. But all my people, they all just they all come with me the same kind of issues and. They thrive, that group. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I think that's about being a competent clinician, knowing what you can do and knowing that you're not. And that's what I think is ethical and competent and moral. That's that is my genuine belief. You're eth- ethical, competent, and moral if you stay in your lane. If you stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Don't, don't call me and ask for a consult on OCD. I'm going to be like, you are calling the wrong person. I oh, can't that's call. nowhere in any of my things. Like, I, wrong consult. I can tell you who you to call. I can give you names of other people, but don't call me and be like, Jasmine, I need some help with this. With this. I can't help you. I'm sorry. Last one to call. Yeah, please, please make the very last call. Call every other therapist in the country before you call me. <laughs> Stay in every single one. I like that. I think we're, that's good. We're ending on that note. We're staying in our lane. We're being yes. great. And we're being happy. And we're doing what makes us happy. Yes. And that's it. Staying in our lane. We're talking about sex and being a therapist. And that's our lane. <laughs> black woman, being black woman talking about sex. Someone asked me, they were like, what would you describe the podcast as? And I was like, you know, some black people, two black women talking about sex and dating. And that is how I describe it. <laughs> that's it. Literally. And that is our lane. That's the lane we stay in. <laughs> I told, that's what I tell people, like, who, what's it about? I said, most of, like, moving forward, I see, like, a lot of the guests that I have on, oh, I know a lot of, what I'm, I know a lot of Black women therapists, or Black women that advocate for therapy, mm. and for pleasure, 
Yeah. So I'm like, that's, that's, that's what you'll hear. That's what we're about. Mm -hmm. We're therapy, sex lovers here. There is for real, a real sex lover here. Yeah. It's (laughs) a real one here. Let not a fake one, a real Uh, one. Real one. You're a real one. These are, these were real people. Yep. (laughs) These are real things that we really care about. (laughs) Sex and therapy. Cause it's, it keeps you whole. It makes you whole. Yes. Yeah. Just making whole right. people. That's it. So we're staying in our lane. That's so. If you are gonna keep tuning in, just know that is what you're tuning in. That's for. what you're getting, baby. That is what you get in here with yams as in. That's it. Boom, bam. And on that note, <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Yeah.